a shotgun shack Drew water from a well that we dug out back I'm a cooked out supper on a gas down stove Dad listened to Hank on his old radio The cracks in the fall let the wind blow through While Hank sang a chorus of the lovesick blue Well, the times were hard, but we didn't complain When you're down on your luck, it'll down your rain it was hot in the summer, cold in the winter, and we always seem to have beans for dinner. Hard time brought a lot of hunger and pain, but when you're down on your luck, it'll damp your rain. It'll damp your rain. Hey, the Great Lake Jerry Reed, everybody. Hard times. That's what we're in, hard times. Hey. Welcome to Take Hatfield Podcast number six for August 17th, 2020, everybody. Hey, we're back. We're off for a week. He's Mark Hatfield. I'm Frank the Tank Layman. Hey, Mark. How's it going down there in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee? And uh, most importantly, how's your mom doing? Hey, Tank. Uh, everything uh, is going well. Uh a lot better than last week, uh, you know, had some, uh, my aunt had passed away uh, last weekend, so that was a tough time for our family, so uh, that's why there was uh, no show uh, on last Monday, uh, we just took an extra, so I took some extra time to uh, uh, help with uh, my mom and and just get through the, get through the weekend, so, but I'm glad to be back this week, uh, excited to get on some of these topics and uh, open up a little bit, I know we have a lot to talk about, so I don't want to take up too much time with this, so, uh, Let's get to it. Okay, we're not going to, uh, I'm going to do a couple housekeeping, uh, some housekeeping since we haven't been on the air in two weeks. Um, first of all, we've added a new subject, uh, a new segment to the show. Basically, what's it called, Mark? Well, I believe we're going back and forth on the title, but I believe we're going to call it either What's My Beef or The Beef of the Week, or we're just going to call it our unload section. Yeah. <laughs> Where we unload, we pick a topic. And one of us each week will get out at the end of the show and just pick a topic that bothered us this particular week and just uh, share our personal opinions on it, and just unload on it. Yeah, that that sounds real good. Now we uh, we flipped a coin before the show, and uh, I won. So what we're gonna do is every other week it'll, it'll be me and then Mr. Hatfield. Me, you know, it, it'll be on a rotation basis. I won the toss, so I got my beef this week. So after the show, I won't give you too much detail. My beef this week is with USC President Dana White. So if you're a sports fan or an MMA fan in particular, then, uh, you know, tune in after the show and uh, you can hear my beef. And You know, if you agree, you agree. If not, you know, you can tell us about it. But, uh, okay, other than that... I. Uh, we want to give a shout out to uh, to um, actually a shout out to a person um, that has some good products. Um, they're called Purdy Freshies by Susan. Okay, the uh, Purdy Freshies you can use these as car fresheners. You can use them inside your house anywhere, drawers, closets. You can even Use them in old sports bags. Basically, these fresheners go anywhere. You can put them anywhere. 
and uh, make everything smell good. So if you want fresh, think of Purdy Freshies by Susan. And you can, I believe she has a page, Hatfield? Yes, she has a Facebook she has a Facebook page. You can uh, you can you can find her on there. And also, I just wanted to add up. Uh, I personally endorse this product. I have three of them myself. They can be made into pretty much any shape, any any design that you want. Uh, right now, we have the the state of West Virginia, the state of Kentucky, and the state of Tennessee. Uh, we got them a couple. We got one in each bathroom, and we also have one hanging up in the window. Uh, they do make your they do make things smell awful fresh. So I would recommend going to. Uh, Pretty Freshies by Susan on her Facebook page and check those out and uh, give her a shot. She's a real nice person, a personal friend of mine for over 20 years, and uh, she's got a good little business going, and we'd like to help her out any way we can. Well, that's good. Small business is what we're about. That's the beginning of the American dream, small business. we got to keep them. we got to keep everything going, even though, uh, you know, it's been hard, hard times lately. Okay, we're going to get to the news, Hatfield. Um, of course, the story that everybody's talking about is the killing of five-year-old Cannon Hinnant. Okay, now, this was from August 14th. This is Friday. It says authorities in North Carolina has charged a man with first-degree murder in the Sunday shooting of Cannon Hinnant. That was last Sunday. Five-year-old boy who who was days shy of starting kindergarten. Darius Sessions, a next-door neighbor of the boy's father, is being jailed without bond following his arrest on Monday. The child's killing, which unfolded a day earlier, outside the house he shared with his dad in Wilson, North Carolina, sparked widespread outrage across the nation. His name trended on social media, accompanied by demands for justice and a fundraiser for his family, which collected more than $400,000, which is, that's very nice. That's that's pretty good. Now, um, I have to say, um, while, while you had your stuff going last week, I basically took a vacation from basically all media. Um, the only thing we had inside the house was my, my, you know, my, my dad watches CNN religiously. So we had CNN uh, on, which is kind of funny because looking at the ratings, apparently we're the only household that has CNN on. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they did not mention this at all, at all. Mark Hatfield. <clears throat> Well, Tank, uh, you know, I, I thought a lot of ways about how to how to talk about this subject, talk about this story. Uh, there's really no other way to frame it other than just a just a senseless tragedy, uh, absolutely senseless. And even like when I'm, I remember when I, you know, when I mentioned it to you, and I, you know, and uh, you had complete uh, you had complete <laughs> shock on your face because you hadn't even heard about the story, and so. And I said, well, the, one of the reasons why you haven't heard about the story is because it really hadn't garnered a lot of national media attention. Uh, I saw it. I saw it coming across uh, Twitter. I think it was the first place that I I, I first saw uh, the story, and then after that, it was all over Facebook and 
uh, some other outlets. But, you know, it's just a senseless tragedy of a five-year-old who, who was executed in front of his two little sisters in his front yard. He was riding his bike. And what we're going to get into, and I know it's a touchy subject, everybody, what we're going to get into is it was a black man who shot a little white kid. And, of course, this has enraged others who say, well, you know, if you compare it to the George Floyd situation, you know, a criminal who got, you know, televised funerals, had paid speakers, you know, this and that. And and so people are naturally outraged, like, well, what, what about Cannon Hinnon? How come nobody's talking about him? How come he didn't get uh, the same treatment? And it's, you know, it's a fair subject. It, it's, it's fair to argue that. And it's fair to bring up that point uh, because, Frank, I, you know, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how you, how you think about this, but, you know, we live in such a racially charged atmosphere anyways. But if a white guy, if a white, if, you know, if he's police or not, shot and killed a five-year-old black child who's riding his bike, this world would be on fire right now. This country would be on fire. And people would be, you know, justifiably so, be demanding justice and be wanting, you know, the the, the alleged killer would want to, you know, would want them to uh, pay the price for it, justifiably. So this is this is where we're at right now. Uh, a lot of people feel that the media has been unfair in their coverage of this because it doesn't fit what some people say is the narrative of uh, white on black crime. They want to, you know. So, like I said, it's a touchy subject. I don't like delving into it too much, but there are points of validity to it. Uh, I think overall it's just a tragedy. A five-year-old boy who's riding his bike and gets executed in the head for no reason whatsoever. What do you think, Tank? Well, you know, not uh, not seeing the back and forth on, you know, I, I don't have the, I guess, you know, when you see stuff, I, I've been... Uh, Staying off social media, basically, since this whole thing started. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I think a certain way, and, you know, it just rouses you up, you know, and it's hard after a while. Um, I'm actually glad I I wasn't on social media for this. Um, you know, but it's a sign of the times. You know, you got, you got both. I mean, I'll admit, I'll say this. You have both races riled up right now, you know. And, uh, you know, um, everything's going to be on, you know, if a, a white person is involved in black crime or a black, a black person is involved in white crime, it's going to be racial. That's how it's going to be. And that's the thing, you know, and make no mistake about it. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to justify what happened to George Floyd, because what happened to George Floyd was a tragedy as well. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. No, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. What? Yeah. What happened? You know. You don't. As we've said before, and we're very plain about this. We've said this. You do not sit on a man's neck. You know, for eight minutes. Black. You know. You. And you know. You know, and I and I saw like you know I I saw like a lot of Facebook uh, posts and this and that, and I, I saw some people uh, who. Who disagree with the with the Cannon Hennon thing, saying, "Well, you can't compare it to George Floyd because it wasn't police related, uh, or you know, the the suspect was arrested right away. You know, there was no delay in, in arresting, and not, you know, so they want to compare it to that. You know, 
here's what I think. I don't care about that. You know, I don't care about any of, of the of the particulars at the very, you know, how long it takes to arrest somebody or, or whatever. The bottom line is the person that killed George Floyd has been arrested and the person that killed Kenan Hinnon has been arrested. So we have to wait for these things to play out and wait for the trials, you know, before we see justice actually handed out. Now, if we get to a point where we're going to argue about, you know, who got a longer sentence or, you know, what happened to the, you know, then we'll have that debate at that time. But to sit there and try to com- and try to compare the two as, well, Cam and Hennig, you know, it, it, it's easier, you know, because, you know, they were arrested his subject. It, it's not it's not as complex as the George Floyd case. You know what? That's garbage. Don't even give me that. Both of them were senseless tragedies. Like, let's just let's just. Let's just call them what they are. They're senseless tragedies. Neither one of those needed to happen. I agree. So, I agree. I, I, that's that's what I had to say about that. Yeah, I, I totally know, agree. It, it roused me up. It roused me up. You know, and you know, like the George Floyd case got me mad, and I was upset about that. And the Cannon Hinnon story has got me mad, and I'm upset. I'm upset about that too. But in this case, it's a five-year-old boy riding his bike. Riding his bike. Think I know your son is grown up, but think about when your son was five years old and riding his bike. It wasn't all that long ago when you know I remember Colton being five years old and riding his bike. You know, I mean, five years old. So don't sit here and, and try to play semantics with everything, you know. And let's compare this to the George Floyd murder. You know, that's garbage. The reality is both were tragedies, and this country has to do better. I totally agree, brother. I'm totally on you with that. I know you had a lot to say. I mean, you were you were first on this at the pre-show meeting. This is what you want to talk about, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, eventually, hey, if we don't want to be torn apart, we got to come together, people. And uh, if you don't want to come together, I mean, you know, maybe you don't need to live in this country. But that's my two cents. Uh, we're going to move on to the second subject. As everyone already knows, um, this is a, oh yeah, uh, maybe I'll get a promo for this eventually. This is a, actually a Coma Joe story. Coma Joe Biden, <laughs> hey, he picked a running mate. Can you believe that, Mr. Hatfield? Well, I know we waited a while for it, but uh, it happened on the, on the, at the time when we wasn't, we didn't do a show, so we couldn't uh, yeah. pick it apart. But uh, yes, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad he did it, and I'll say it, it was not a surprise to me and who he picked. No, Kamala Harris is the VP pick. Um, this is from Friday. Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris are calling for a three-month nationwide mask mandate to limit the spread of coronavirus. During a briefing by public experts in Williamton, Biden, the presumptive presumptive Democratic president nominee, told reporters that all the nation's government, every single American should be wearing a mask when they're outside for the next three months, at a minimum. Every governor should mandate mandatory mask wearing, Biden said, suggesting that widespread mask use could save 40,000 lives over the next three months. 
Let's institute a mask mandate nationwide starting in immediately. And we will save lives. Now, I actually have a, um, a tidbit from the press conference I want to play for everybody. Um, I'm going to play it quick, okay? Hold on. Go ahead. Meine Arbeit für Richtigkeit. Ob du glaubst, dass ich fleißig gewesen bin, dass ich gearbeitet habe, dass ich mich in diesem Jahr für dich eingesetzt habe, dass ich anständig meine Zeit verwendet habe im Dienste meines Volkes. Gib du jetzt deine Stimme ab. Wenn ja, dann tritt für mich ein, so wie ich für dich eingesetzt habe. Kind of seems kind of steamed up. I don't know. Um. Anyways. Um. Well. What do you think, Hatfield? Over you. Well, obviously, obviously, your audio clip there uh, sounded sounded somewhat sounded something like a Hitler. I don't. I, I, was I, 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 I don't know. I just I didn't understand what Joe was talking about. I mean, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> understand German. So, I mean, I'm assuming that's what a producer. A producer said, but, that, you know, getting getting into the getting into the basics of the story, uh, and I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to argue, you know, whether you should be wearing a mask or shouldn't wear shouldn't wear a mask. We've had that discussion before on here. Right now, what we're talking about is a, a federal mask mandate, a federal law to uh, require uh, U.S. citizens to wear a mask. So that's a, that's a different ball game. And my thoughts on that. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't think there needs to be a federal law uh, to man to mandate it. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I just don't believe in that. Uh, I think it, I think it, I think it's a bridge too far. I just think it goes too far. And as you know, a new hour discussion in our pre-show meeting. I, you know, it's like, you know, we already have federal laws on the books that don't get enforced as it is. You know, so I mean, we have we have laws. We have federal laws about illegal immigration. Just you know. For an example, and we don't enforce those. So I, I don't really know what a what a federal law mask mandate would end up accomplishing, other than to divide people even more on where wear a mask or don't wear a mask. Um, and really, the only thing I would add to that is I don't know how many people are aware, but there there is this thing. Uh, it's called nullification, and it's the legal theory. That a state has a right to nullify or or invalidate any federal law which the state has deemed unconstitutional. So, now, in other words, the states can't ignore the federal law, but they can refuse to enforce it. So even if so, even if they are successful in getting the federal law mask mandate, even if they successfully you know get that out there, uh, states in effect, can just choose not to enforce it. So that would be another political battle ahead. That would be more, you know, of the, of the same argument that we've heard. You know, so again, I, I just don't know what it, overall, I don't know what it accomplishes. Uh, I'm not really sure about the numbers. If, you know, they do have to, they say 40,000 lives, you know, in I'm not months, sure. 40,000 in, in the next three months. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally sure how accurate that number would be. <laughs> uh, but that you know, that's just you know, people that believe in wearing masks all the time think that's a think that's a valid number. 
But uh, I, you know, overall, like I said I, I don't agree, I don't agree with making a, a federal law out of it and uh, mandating it. Well, very, uh, very astute observation. Me myself, as I've told you many times on this subject, I call BS. I, you know, I think mass and public, it's just a form of submission, form of more losing your rights. And uh, uh, I don't think it, it, in the end it doesn't help. I think we would have as many deaths. In fact, I would tell you it probably hurts your immune system more. I mean, you know, we, we haven't had, we haven't had the time to study a person wearing a mask, what it does to your immune system. You know what I mean? And I've said this on previous shows, and I don't mean to repeat it, but our body needs viruses. We need to consume viruses and to, to, so we can become immune to everything. We cannot go in this bubble and, and you know, I mean, that's just crazy. So that that's how I think of it, uh, you know. And I think there's, you know, me being me, there's something sinister in this you know i think they're trying to get people more people sick that's i mean that's how i i, I think of it they're, they're just trying to get more people sick so more people i don't I, I don't know i don't know you know i don't know if i get on board with they're trying to make more people sick i don't i don't know if i would uh go that far i i just think it, you know as always i you know as in most cases i think it should be left up to the states uh Society, and I think by just creating a federal law, I think you're just you're just opening up another can of worms, and you're just, you know you're it's going to be more political fighting, and we're going to have the same conversation about should we wear a mask or not wear a mask, and then you're going to have it. They're going to try to stretch it to well, if it's you know if we have it for the if we have it for COVID nineteen, then we got to then we have to wear the mask for this. We got to start wearing a mask for that. You know, I just feel like it. Where would it end? And, and that's don't, the don't forget the goggles. <laughs> that's coming. Yeah, yeah. The, the face shield, the face shield, and the goggles. Yeah, that's that's another thing. So I don't know. I, I just don't agree with the federal uh, mask mandate. I think obviously they they wanted to come out uh, with you know with, with the new ticket there. They wanted to come out and, and make some headlines, and that definitely will get some headlines. But I don't agree with it. Yeah. Uh, well, me neither. Definitely. And the, you know, uh, just to tell you, the Democratic Convention does start tonight. So it'll be interesting um, how they go. Do they attack Trump or do they actually push their agenda? You know, it, I think there's no I think there's absolutely no doubt there'll be it'll be three or four days of constant nonstop attacks on Trump. Me too. Because I don't really don't know how, you know, that I don't want me to get off the get off topic here, but, I, you know, I mean, we've had we've had three we've had three and a half years of, of the De the Democrats attacking Trump. I don't know why they would change it tonight for their convention. Yeah. I know. So. Well, we'll do that next week. We'll go in depth in that next week after it's done. Um, we're gonna switch topics now. Um, this story is uh, Friday, August fourteenth. Um, the president says there's going to be a lot of angry people despite Trump tweets. Americans still face weeks before more stimulus money arrives. Okay, this week's congressional statement ended with a President Donald Trump pointing at Democrats for not getting a deal done 
on the uh, stimulus bill, on the latest one. Um, still, the president insisted fr on Friday that he's ready to send more aid out to the American people, but Americans may wait weeks before they um, receive any money unless uh, Congress acts sooner. Now, executive orders, he did one on the $400 um, unemployment, and then he did one, didn't he do a tax, a payroll tax um, cut? A payroll tax cut. Yeah. Correct, a payroll, yeah, a payroll tax cut. Okay, so um, yeah. let me know what you think on how things are going now, right now at this moment. Well... Well, uh, I tried to get the, the most current story I could before we uh, started the show. Not much has changed. Uh, you know, pretty much just what you said there. We, they are wanting to get out another uh, stimulus check. It looks like now it's going to be sometime in September if that happens, uh, probably after Labor Day uh, that they're going to try to do that. The stalemate is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about what we expected, you know, the Democrats want, uh, I think, the you know, last number I saw was three trillion. Uh, yep. Which included a lot of things, which included a lot of things not even related to the virus or, you know, that, that particular aspect. Would, would we call that extras, you know? Hatfield? Would we call that pork? Yes, that would be called pork. Yes, there was a lot of there was a lot of extra pork uh, in there, so. Uh, and at this point, uh, the Republicans want to keep it limited to uh, just funds that uh, that directly impact uh, dealing with the virus and the people that and you know the that need relief and to help with that. So I'm not trying to paint somebody's good guy, somebody's bad guy. It's just look, since the beginning of time and since the beginning of politics and, and Republican and Democratic Party, the Democrats like to spend more money, Republicans like to spend less money. Now, that doesn't always hold true through everything, you know, because sometimes Republicans, they, you know, they can get out of hand, too, and spend a lot of money and blow up the deficit as well. So let's not kid ourselves that that both parties are, you know, uh, that one's good and one's bad. They, they both, when it comes to spending money, they both love to do it. So especially our money, as you know. <laughs> so, but uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out, uh, I think. Pelosi said the other day that she wasn't backing down since uh, she accused the Republicans of uh, not not bargaining in good faith uh, and said, and I think her quote was that she said the Republican Party is in disarray right now. They don't know what they want to do, and that's what's holding things up. So that's what the Speaker of the House has said. So, and then they called, you know, President Trump's executive orders, they called those political stunts and whatnot, which, you know, it's Washington, it's politics, you know, those things happen. So, I guess we we'll just have to wait a little bit, little bit longer for that stimulus check. <laughs> Tank, I, I think eventually it's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like Jesus coming back. We don't know the hour and we don't know the day, but we're going to get a stimulus. We're going to get another stimulus check eventually, I suppose. <laughs> I totally agree with you on that. Um, my... Uh, my argument is with the whole, you know, I, I, I don't like 
you know, and I'll say it, and, you know, if people out of work that hear this, you know, I'm very blessed. I Well, I don't know if I'm very, I don't know if I was or not, but I've stayed employed during the whole pandemic, as of you did. And, uh, you know, I didn't get the extra 600 you know, $600 a week, which, uh, I mean, I know in my profession it really hurt. It hurt bad. I mean, uh, it, it, it was hard getting help. And, uh, not, you know, I mean, I, I, I just think maybe um, we're, we're, just spending, uh, we're just spending too much money. You, you're giving people, I mean, eventually people got to go back to work. Eventually you got to go back to work. You got to put on your bootstraps. You can't just stay home and, you know, they're giving you everything. It's uh, I, I'm just totally in disagreement with what the president did. I think, um, you know, he should have just said, hey, this is how it is. He could have extended, maybe extend unemployment benefits like Obama did in 2008. Um, you know, extended it. But, you know, this extra money, I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm just totally against it being an economic guy. It's, it's, uh... It's hurting the federal deficit. It's 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 just not good. It, it's making the dollar weaker. It's um, I just don't like it economically. I I feel you know I'm a man of history. I've read a lot of stuff, and it looks like we're going. You know, I mean, I fear we're going down the same way that uh, you know. I mean, uh, all the great civilizations in history. And uh, uh, we're going down the same, you know, Rome, um, you had Europe, you know, you had Britain, even though Britain's still afloat. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, you can't spend money forever. Eventually, you have to pay the bill. So, I mean, that's that's how I, that's that's my uh, my end on it. Um you rebuttal. I mean, what you know? No, I mean, I think I think pretty much you and I we you know we pretty much agree on this. Uh, you know, I like I said, I, I have I have friends on both sides of the issues. I have you know, especially here in Nashville, I have a lot of friends that are servers and uh, uh, working right working restaurants and this and that. I know they're going through a really really tough time, and that extra you know that that six hundred dollars a week that really helps them. You know to. But I also know most of them, uh, I, you know, they're anxious. They want to get back to work full time. You know, they're they're not happy sitting around all the time either. So, but there are people that will take advantage of that, and we, I mean, we know that we know that very well. I mean, you know, a lot of people would rather sit at home and and collect the check and not have to work for it than to to go out and uh, work for it. So on that on that score, I mean, it, you know. It's tough. And it's tough for people. I'm thankful I was able to keep my job uh, during this during this time, and uh, nothing's changed for me on that. Uh, and fortunately, you know, I you know I'm I'm been blessed too. It's like you know I, I do well enough where I was eligible for the stimulus. Uh, I got the stimulus, uh, pay some bills. Uh, you know, it went directly to to make some payments for me. I didn't even keep any extra dime of it. It went straight to to make payments. You know. 
So if I if I get another one, it's gonna be the same thing. You know, I I'll pay down some debt, a little bit of debt that I have, and uh, uh, move on because I'm in that position where I can do that. So, but uh, like I said, we'll have to wait and see because this is definitely not over with. Uh, we're gonna be looking at probably after Labor Day before we get any concrete numbers and anything of what's gonna happen. You're right, brother, and I I do understand the people that need it. I I, I do understand that. I just don't like the whole thing economically that that's all but i am with you and uh you know everybody that got it i hope they used it for good purposes paying off bills and all that we're gonna switch subjects now um there's been uh basically the big argument right now is the uh <laughs> about these mail-in ballots and uh you know the post office is a big war president wouldn't um, um, add any money to the postal service basically telling them you gotta you gotta use what funds you have um, I have a story from Friday um, it says it's exclusive UPS FedEx they are now in this conversation apparently they warn they cannot carry ballots like the US Postal Service this was from Los Angeles. Los Angeles. United Parcel Service and FedEx on Friday shot down social media calls that they step in to deliver mail-in ballots from the Postal Service, which is warning states of potentially significant delays. Now, I've read in other stories these delays could be a year, which, you know, whatever. But state ballots must be postmarked to be considered valid. And only the USPS has lawful, lawful postmarking status. Therefore, UPS, FedEx, and other private parties cannot technically be involved in shipping of ballots. Um... And this goes into the big thing about, you know, having private companies basically deliver your vote. I mean, that gets into a lot of territory here. So, Hatfield, your thoughts? Well, uh, basically what it, it's done here, it's turned into, obviously now there's a, there's a, for lack of a better term, there's a war going on between Trump and the United States Postal Service. This is what we have going on. Uh, he's already stated he is not uh, going to increase any uh, funds uh, for him, uh, specifically for mail-in balloting. You know, he's not going to do that. At which the Postal Service says if they're if they are to have mail-in ballots, that they would need extra funding. And he says he's not going to do that. So. Uh, that's the that's the center of the argument uh, is based over that. Uh, I think what a lot of people do get confused on is, you know, mail-in balloting is not absentee voting. So those are two totally different things that we're talking about here. Absentee voting, absentee ballots are already federally already federally marked and uh, set aside for. You know that, and that's where, you know, if you're a senior citizen or if you're going to be out of town or, you know, there's various reasons why you would absentee 
vote. So those ballots are already have been sent out to the people that are going to use them. That is completely different than mail-in voting, which uh, I read a story today where they were saying, I believe upwards of, I think it was 44 to 45 states, they said right now are just not capable of doing. They're not capable of handling it because the Postal Service, because of the, the money's not there. So that's where the that's where the fight is going to that's where the fight comes in at. Um, so, you know, the, the mail. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this carefully because I don't want my word I don't want my words to be misunderstood here. Uh, if you if we if we go to a mail in ballot system and using the, the postal service. It does open up the opportunity to more fraud. Now, that is not saying that it will happen. That's not saying that, you know, but you do open up the the, the voting to more fraud. Uh, I, I forgot to mark down what year it was, but just a few years ago, uh, President Obama spoke about the Postal Service, and he said, and he was talking about how they were hemorrhaging money and, and stating that's where the problem is at was within the United States, and it was on the United States Postal Service. So this is not new. You know, the Postal Service has had financial issues for years. Uh, so they're saying, if you want mail-in ballots, we need more money. The president's saying, well, I'm not giving you more money because I'm against the mail-in ballots. Now, of, he, of course he has political reasons why he's against the mail-in ballots. He feels like if it's mail-in ballots, uh, opens up to more fraud, and plus it feels like he might not win if there's mail-in ballots. So that's a that's a political problem. That's understandable. Uh, the Democrats want the mail-in ballots because they feel it helps them politically. So that's not hard for them to understand why they would want to push that. Uh, I've already, you know, we've already kind of touched on the subject before, and you know, I'm against the mail-in ba- uh, ballots. You know, that's, that's I'm just against it. I, I think it does create opportunities, more fraud, and more problems. Uh, that's not saying we can't come up with a different system eventually to make voting more open to, to everybody, because I don't have a problem with that. I like to open voting up to, to more people. So that's not my argument. Uh, but I think you covered it well there in the in that news piece where, you know, they tried to, you know, people try to get UPS and FedEx involved. And that just can't happen. I heard even heard rumors of trying to get Amazon involved with helping with the delivering mail-in ballots. And that's not going to work either. You know, only the only United States Postal Office, Post, Postal Service can, can do that because they're the ones because the state ballots have to be postmarked. So they're the only ones that are that have the authority to do that. So that's what people need to understand is that. And they also need to understand the difference between an absentee ballot and a mail in vote. So I'm sure this argument is probably going to carry on right up until election. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's going to happen. So. I always have to wait and see how it plays out, uh, but my bet is uh, I don't I don't think the United States Postal Service is going to get their money, not from the president, anyways. I uh, agree with you, hundred percent. Okay, I told you about how long it takes. It takes it takes up to a year for this, um, you know, to. Uh, to actually, they're trying to do what is in a year for four months. I mean, within four months. And it can't be done. They know this. 
They're, they're basically using the post office. First of all, the post office is trying to get money, like you said. They're basically like the, I mean, they're hanging out for money. That's what they're doing. They just want money to keep operating or whatever. Whatever their budget is, they want more money. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, the problem isn't, uh, I mean, the post office can handle these votes. Because look how many Christmas cards. Hey, there's all, all, over 1.7 billion Christmas cards that they process during Christmas. So, all this other stuff is BS. Um, the thing is, they can't process these votes. It's a trap for Trump. He knows that. And that's why he's calling the bluff. That's my opinion. Yeah, you know, and we didn't get into the part even after the mail-in ballots, even after they get to where they go. We didn't even get to the part about, you know, who's going to be who, you know, the time it's going to take to count the ballots, how it could delay election results, how, you know, we didn't even get into all that. But, you know, that that's also just a, another issue that could cause. That, that's right, brother. And uh, I just don't like it. Hey, you can go to the grocery store to buy your food. You can go to whatever. You can walk outside. You can run. You can walk your dog. Why can't we as American citizens go and vote? I do not understand that. We had an election during a civil war. We had the whole country fighting against each other, but they still had an election. There's no excuse for this. It's just whatever, you know, you could take it as it is, but there's no excuse that people can't go and vote. If you don't want to vote through absentee, I mean, this should have never been a problem. Now we have a problem. There's going to be a problem no matter what happens. No matter what happens. But that's my two cents. We're going to move on to uh, apparently you had to tell me this. I didn't even know this. The president is talking about another pardon. Um, remember uh, Edward Snowden? You remember his name, Hatfield? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He worked for the NSA um, back in the early 2000s. Um, and he was charged with espionage in 2013 after disclosing a trove of documents about U.S. surveillance programs. Um, now, I mean, apparently the president means it. He says, uh, we're starting to look at it and, uh, you know, about pardoning him. And he, he, he now, he, he, he lives in Russia right now. He's protected by the Soviet, well, not so, I'm sorry, not Soviet government, but the Russian government. And, uh, he, you know, the, the president says he's thinking about it. He's looking at both sides of the uh, coin here. And um, I don't know. He's thinking about a pardon. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it would be kind of weird, but, uh, I mean, well, uh, do you have thoughts on this, Hatfield? Well, uh, when I first read it, read the story, come across it, uh, I was a little surprised. Uh, I believe uh, when the president was campaigning to be president, I believe he had some harsh words for Snowden, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
But, you know, basically what this is going to come down to, Tang and I, you know, and I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. Basically what this is going to come down to is if you think Edward Snowden uh, was a traitor and committed treason, and that's why he's not in the country right now, then obviously you're not going to want him to get pardoned. If you believe what he did is heroic and took guts and and was exposing secrets in the government that needed to be told, then you'll want him to get a pardon. Uh, but even beyond that, if he gets a pardon, is he going to come back to the United States? You know, because as soon as he comes back to the United States, you know, it could make things uh, interesting for they they could be using the pardon as a lure to gain back in the states, and then say he has to show back up before they actually issue him one. And if he does that, he could be arrested as soon as he as soon as he steps on as soon as he steps steps back. I in don't the even think he'll be uh, arrested. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh, things to look at here. Uh, my personal opinion. Uh, and I had this. I had the opinion at the time, and my opinion hasn't changed. Uh, I would not give him a pardon. Uh, I believed at the time. I believed that uh, what he did was criminal, uh, and that's just me. I, you know, I, I don't think you. Uh, I don't think you expose uh, to the level he did. I don't think you expose what he did. So, in my book, uh, I would say he committed treason. That's my opinion. Uh, until I until and now there may be something else. If somebody shows me something different, or if I read something different and change my mind, that's that's entirely possible. Uh, but I would give him a pardon. I thought he was a criminal at the time. Uh, I still think he's a criminal. And if I was president, I would not be issuing a pardon for him. Very well said. My opinion is they're trying to lure him back in the country so they can kill him. I mean, you know, they're not going to arrest him, they're going to kill him. And that's all they're trying to do. They're pissed, you know, the uh, intelligence, U.S. intelligence agencies are pissed off that they had an NSA employee, you know, basically let, even though I, you know, I, I listened to what he said and what he um, put out there, and to me, I mean, I, I kind of always knew that. You know, I mean, the government does spy on us. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you you know, I may be a, in the very um, few percentage who really think that, uh, you know, this the camera that you have on your phone, the cam. I mean, the government can listen. I mean, they can listen to your calls. They can listen to anything they want at any point in time. They've made sure before all these all this technology was given to the American people that they can watch us because that's what governments do. They watch us. So really to me it was no big deal. To me, you know, I was hoping when he came out he he would give you some he would give us some big revelations like, you know, maybe JFK was uh there was a second shooter or, you know, uh um um uh, Aliens have come to this planet and stuff like that, but this to me is all small stuff. That uh, I just think that uh, we basically knew, anyways. I, I don't know. That's my opinion. 
I, it was no big deal to me. Um, I know the intelligence agencies, I, I, I know this. They're pissed off that he double-crossed them. They want him. They want him arrested. They want him back here. So, I don't think, he seems smart. He's young kid still, but he seems smart enough not to take the bait. He takes the bait, then, uh, you know, they're going to arrest him. They are. And, and under our laws, they have every right to. Because he, he, you know, he, 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 you know, he babbled everything he knew. So, I mean, that's, that's on him. So, but that's my two cents. Um, we're going to go into the final segment. Um, the question, uh, somebody actually had a question, which was good. We really like your questions. Um. You know, as we grow, we're getting bigger every week, um, our audience base. And, you know, if you have any questions, we got the Facebook page, you know, we got the email. Please, you know, you can ask us anything you want, as long as, you know, not, you know what I mean, within means. But uh, apparently somebody had a question. And uh, I'm going to give it to my friend, Mark Hafnew. Well, and just to, uh, just to double down on what you were saying there, if anybody does have questions, comments, concerns, anything they want to do, uh, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, it's a Tank and Hatfield show. You can find it on Facebook. Uh, you can leave your questions there. Or we, are, or we also have our email, which is uh, tankandhatfield at gmail.com, all one word. Uh, you can express any thoughts, any questions, anything you want to do there. Uh, we're still looking for a producer, so we're still looking for some help in that area. So we want to throw that out there, too. If you want to get on board and help us out uh, with some of the technical stuff that we need to get done, we certainly will uh, listen to you and, and try to bring you aboard. Um, okay, Frank, here, here we go. Uh, this question came to me via text message from somebody you know. Uh, not personal. I think you've met him personally, but you know, just following on Facebook and and whatever is my good friend uh, and one of my best friends here in Nashville, Tennessee, I knew Mr. Vinny Negron. Oh, geez. <laughs> Who knows what you he's going to ask huh? me? Who knows? Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. So here's what's going. You know, it's a sports-related question. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in in baseball. You we see a lot of these injuries where these, these guys are they're so they're so physically fit, but yet like a, a little calf muscle, you know, will take them out. Or, you know, the other day, uh, one of the Yankees went out with a sprained thumb. You know, he's going to be out three weeks, you know, with a sprained thumb. And this and that. So anyways, uh, and Vinny is a Mets fan, just so you know. And uh, so his team well, is well, suffering a lot you, of injuries. Will you well, let him like know? Nothing. First of all, will you let him know? That I feel so sorry for him. Well, he's he's listening to you. He'll he'll listen to us, and so he'll he'll hear you say that for him. He's heard all the Mets jokes. Believe me, I, I'm not. I, I don't take it easy on him on that. <laughs> but anyway, so here's this question. Which when he phrased it to me, he was just like he goes, "Well, he goes, I prefer Frank to answer it because out of the two of you, Frank is the more athletic one." Is what is, is the way yeah. he framed his uh, text. <laughs> so well, not here's literally. the question. And here's the question. It's a good question. He said, why are athletes breaking down? Is there a thing as too much training and overtraining the body? 
Yes, there is, Vinny. That's a very good. That's a very good question. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to know when your body is peaked. There, there's overtraining. Is oh, that's that's definitely a thing. You have to plan everything out so when the whatever event happens, you're in the peak shape of your life. If you're not, it you get in peak condition and then you uh, it starts moving into overtraining. That's why when fighters, it's, I know fighting, so fighters have to plan their training regiments so at fight night, they are in the peak condition. What normally happens is you train hard, you start off, you train hard, you start going down a week before the event, and then you're there. Overtraining does cause injuries. Yes. I mean, that's that's the truth. Now, you want me to... So, I mean, I just want to follow up real quick on that. So, I mean, would that even relate to, like, just like a, a, a calf muscle yes, injury or something like very that? Very easy. I mean, oh, you, very easy. Feel, I mean, can, could you feel could you feel in your peak perform like in your peak shape? You know, and then go out there after a couple weeks and go out there after a couple weeks of playing baseball, and then you know you sprain a calf muscle because yes. you train too hard on your calves. I mean, is, is that possible? Yes, because you're overtraining at the peak. You must decide. You can do this, and now you know. I mean, in uh, in today's technology, they could they can break it all down for you. In the old days, it was hard, but when you're at the peak condition, you, you got to stop, or you slow down, and then you stop. If you keep pushing and pushing and pushing a muscle, it's gonna break. That's why they invented steroids. By the way, they invented steroids because you can push. The fitness more. You you can push it. You can push it. You can get your muscles bigger without having the after effect, the downtime, okay? Now, the only problem was with steroids, it increased, increased tremendously. Your muscles getting torn or blown out or this and that because of the muscle mass that was produced. Yes, that is a thing. Um, okay. And especially in a short amount of time, they're trying to get in shape. They're not totally in shape. They're used to going through a, a, a uh, you know, preseason, and they have to do it real fast. So, of course, because they haven't peaked yet. They're not even to their peak. Okay. They've underperformed, and that's causing the muscles to that. I mean... And now you you can you could take the other which first popped in my head. Well, maybe they're doing this on purpose just because this ain't going that well, and they just wanna you know you know take the high road, get out, you know. But I mean, uh, you know, I would say that the uh, a muscle them have to you know they're used to a preseason all. Athletes are used to a preseason, and they know that in their head, and they got coaches and everything. And it being shortened like that, everything goes off whack. Either they're not in peak condition, they're overtraining, or they're not there yet. 
and that will cause injuries. Well, that I believe that covers uh, that answers the question. And if uh, if Vinny needs to follow up on that, I'm sure he'll he'll let he'll let me know, and uh, I'll uh, we'll continue that that line of questioning. So I'm thinking uh, he, this, he must be training for something. <laughs> no, no, I, I doubt if Vinny's training sure. for anything. I could be wrong, but I doubt he's training for anything. Um, he's actually just more upset by by, by these guys that. Uh, you know, end up hurt after but a few games. And, it uh, happens. We had a uh, we had a tiger hurt the other day. He was batting pretty good. Yeah, just, yeah. But anyway, this just goes to show everybody. You know, just uh, you know, you send us your questions. We're gonna answer them the best we can. Uh, I thought that was a very, I thought that was a pretty good answer, Frank. Uh, from, you didn't know the question ahead of time. I told you I wasn't gonna tell you the question ahead of time. But uh, you're gonna shoot from the hip on it. So uh, appreciate your insight on that. And as always, people, if you got, uh, again, anything you want to send to us, questions, comments, concerns, uh, anything like that, it's tankinhatfield at gmail.com. And that's also the Tank and Hatfield show on Facebook. You can leave your comments there. Uh, also, some of you are friends with uh, both Frank and I on Facebook personally. You can shoot us direct messages on there, and we'll try to answer them uh, as soon as we can. Uh, that usually takes a little, it's a little slower process because we do get a lot of messages and stuff on there. So. But uh, just feel free to reach out to us. So, Frank, you got anything else to add to the end uh, of this before we add, Again, remember Purdy Freshies by Susan. You can contact her from Facebook. Hey, she's got all, she's got a freshener that, oh, freshen everything, okay? Freshen inside that, the house. Let me just throw up a little bit too, though. The, her name, her, the, the Purdy is spelled P-U-R-D-Y. So that's how you spell Purdy. Purdy yeah. Freshies. P-U-R-D-Y by Susan. Use them anywhere. They smell nice. They make anything smell good. We we really support small businesses on this show because small businesses are the pipeline to this country. And uh, just remember that. You can email her, ask about her products, order her products online, and see how they do for you. Um, remember, if you want to smell fresh, Smell pretty. Um, <laughs> other than that, um, I, I you guess gotta stay tuned for your uh, you got your you got your beef of the week yeah, I got, uh, coming I, up. I get so, the beef uh, with uh, so I get I get the beef of the week this week is with um, you know uh, Dana White, which um, you know a lot of stuff he does. He's a great promoter, but. Some of the stuff he does really uh, gets to me, and uh, what he said over the weekend really got to me. So I'm gonna set the record straight. And uh, hey, well, I know. We, well, I know we're looking forward to that. <laughs> we appreciate all the support. Um, we love you guys. Just keep listening. Tell other people to listen to the show. And uh, hey, that's about it. Till next week. I'm the tank. He's a Hatfield. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me with the My Beef segment of our show. My Beef today, is, or this week, is with President Dana White of the UFC. On Saturday night, UFC 252, the two best, the two best heavyweights in the world 
fought each other for the third and final time to decide the title Baddest Man on the Planet. Stipe Miocic beat Daniel Cormier in a five-round decision to retain the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Earlier in the week, White bragged that whoever won this fight would be crowned the GOAT, the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. Not just of the UFC, but in all of MMA. Now, to his credit, White is a great promoter. He has made the UFC what it is today. Um, but he's totally wrong on this, and he also knows it. Um, uh, you know, Stipe is a great fighter, okay? Without a doubt, he's had six fights in a championship fights in a row. He's won six. He's been a great champion, but in a very weak heavyweight division. I mean, what about past UFC great heavyweight champs like Randy Couture and Cain Velasquez, who had great runs as champions in the UFC? But they still were not the best. A while ago, there was a heavyweight at one time that won 28 straight fights between 2001 and 2010. He won the Pride Heavyweight Championship back in 2003 and never lost it. He won Sports Illustrated Fighter of the Decade back in 2010. This fighter, Fedor Alemenenko. Yes, Dana tried to sign Fedor back in 2007 when Pride FC, as it was known, went bankrupt. Fedor declined and passed on the deal. So Dana has held a grudge ever since. So, as Dana takes another cheap shot at Fedor over the weekend and tries to keep Fedor erased from MMA history, remember this, Dana. You can't fool every MMA fan out there. You know who you know who is the greatest heavyweight of all time, and you know his name. His name is Fedor. He's the one who got away. Thank you everyone, and we'll see you next week.